Everybody, welcome back to the Gossip Girl podcast. Um, we're gonna go over. We're gonna go over the entirety of the third season. Uh, this podcast is. Uh, it's gonna be seven hours long. Uh, there's just. There's a lot I gotta. I gotta talk about with this. Buckle in. There's, there's no, no breaks. breaks. This is gonna be one episode. We're not breaking no. the shit up. We gotta get this done. There's we've. W- there's a lot of stuff we need to cover here. So I just. Uh, it, <laughs> So my girlfriend watches Gossip Girl. It is the worst fucking show I have ever seen. Is it? It's so bad. Yeah. I can imagine. I've heard, uh, yeah. I've never even bothered, well, so. I, I've... It's just like this thing of like, the my problem, my problem with it is that it follows rich people. So like, mm, okay, I would be yeah. more inclined to give it a chance if it wasn't all these rich fucking people and like, they start off and like, <laughs> high school i mean it's bullshit like this is the stupidest fucking thing um i don't know she yeah. likes it so i sit there and i i tolerate it but yeah it's a rough show man i mean there's really not much else to say except how rough it is i'll share this real quick before we get into it but the the main reason i think i i'm i was excited to do a podcast with you was that I, I I think I've told you about it, but I don't know if you remember. Did I ever, or maybe you told me about it? This is actually going to be weird. So if I say like the podcast, the worst idea ever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you yeah. told me about it, right? I think I told you about it. Yeah, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, the podcast, the worst idea ever, is a podcast where these two guys watch the movie. Wait, what? What is that movie called? I think it's I I think there's one where they watch Grown Ups 2. Yes, they watch <laughs> so the so yeah, they do they watch Grown Ups 2 every day for a year. And then I thought it was every week. Oh, it is every week. Every day would be some like sort of uh groundhog day like night <laughs> style nightmare. <laughs> right. It is it is it is every week for a year. So they basically mm. view it like fifty six times, but they watch it mm. every single week for a year, and then right after that viewing they do a podcast. And I mm-hmm. listen to the whole thing. <laughs> and it was amazing. It had there was like these Stockholm syndrome effects where like they hated it for like the first 15 and then after that they were like this movie's kind of good it's for like <laughs> for like for like 10 episodes and they were back to right. hating it even more yeah um and then the, and then they do a sub podcast i i can't remember what that one's called but it's the same guys but they do it only once a year um and they they watch uh paul blart mall cop 2 <laughs> so the other kevin james vehicle <laughs> wow well, right, and then they, uh, I think after they did uh, All Grown Up, or Grown Ups 2, I think their second season, or their second idea was to watch uh, Sex in the City 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One week, <laughs> and that one is even rougher, because they're like, this movie is over two hours. That sounds, yeah, that's ridiculous. Now, I did watch a video recently and you're going to hate me, but here we go. Here's our Pink Floyd for the episode. Of course. I watched a video where this guy, he was doing a podcast, and he said, recently I watched uh, Paul Blart 2 synced up with Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> yes. And the yes. shit that he says is incredible. Like, I think it's those same guys, yeah, because like some of it like matches up, like in an almost kind oh, of like shit. Uh, it probably is. It's, then. The, it's the same dudes that do the uh, uh, yeah, the worst idea ever podcast, <laughs> dude. It was because I've I've heard this. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So yeah. yeah, it's um yeah. Oh god, that'd be so bad. But it's it's man, Pink Floyd. They they did they did it again. Like it matches up with Paul Blart Mall Cop. What Wizard of Oz? You know, Wizard of Oz. Uh, Paul Blart to uh, <laughs> the classics of cinema, really. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. yeah. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> what what other movies exist? 
All right. Uh, do you want to get into a little bit of a lightning round? Allow us to do the lightning of the round. Sounded better in my head. All right. Hit me, Mitch. Eli, question one. What fast food restaurant has the best fries? I'd have to reluctantly say McDonald's. Mm, okay, interesting choice. I just I just think that like there's other restaurant places with good fries. But I just McDonald's are the best, man. They're obviously like coating them in heroin or something. Like they're Yeah, no, that's a classic answer. I think that a lot of people would agree with you there. Um I'm more of a curly fry guy, so I got to go with Arby's on this one. Right. But like do you always want a curly fry? I think I would always want a curly. I don't know, man. It's like, I like I'm curly fries, real. but I think they rely on that gimmick too much. Yeah. You but know now, who has the worst fries? Who? who? And you're going to disagree. Rallies. Oh, no. I totally fuck. Dude, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, you agree, you agree or do you disagree? Totally disagree. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. I guess. Uh, Them hmm. shits are red, man. <laughs> No, dude. Like they always taste like the worst. They never clean out. They never. Yes, literally the worst. They. It tastes like they never clean out the fryers. So it's always like in there with like other non-fry things. Like they taste like chicken and fish and just like oh, really my. old. Okay, they don't grease. even serve it. <laughs> All right, podcast. Better come you- get your man, <laughs> listeners. You better come get your man right now. I I think that we can agree that the worst fry is the waffle fry. Mm, okay, yeah, I didn't think of that. I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. It's not a fry. No, no, it's too it's too potatoey. Um, I like a little bit of crispy to it, and uh, they're mushy as hell. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, they're mushy, and yeah, get get the fuck out of here, Chick Fil A. Chick-fil-A be the main culprit. Now, Arby's <laughs> has waffle fries. They do? Yeah. You could get waffle all fries. All of them? Uh, like all That's the, stupid. Yeah, all the waffle fries in the world? No. Yeah, they, they <laughs> no, make them all. all. the Arby's. <laughs> oh, whoa. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> I assume every Arby's. I'm, I guess I'm not sure about that part. But. No, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that was a thing. But Well, unfortunately, we have to... We have to yield to the overlord McDonald's, but we'll just, we'll, we will, but we'll say that waffle fries okay. are bullshit. Because this could actually be a full podcast, but we'll spare the listeners. It actually um, could, yeah. And when I say the listeners, I mean Garrett. Yeah, pretty much at this point. <laughs> Thanks, bud. We've, we've alienated everyone else. Yeah, pretty much. Um, have you ever met anyone famous? Um... All right, I got to be somewhat honest. Mm-hmm. So we did this whole episode, and then Pro Tools crashed, and then we didn't have an episode. <laughs> you were going to tell him? <laughs> I was going to keep it a mystery. Mitch was wanting to keep it a secret. <laughs> we didn't really talk about it beforehand because we threw this this one together. But the reason I say that is because I have one person I met that's interesting, but I have a whole other story that's way more interesting, <laughs> which is the time when I was at a place. I was at a concert. It was it wasn't really a concert. It was more like a show. It was just a bunch of bands playing. Then Yellow Springs. I I my buddy knew a guy in one of the bands playing, and I was a really big fan of him. Like when he was solo before he got into this band. So, uh, we uh we we go to the show in Yellow Springs, and for anybody who doesn't know, Dave Chappelle lives in that area. So we're at this show, and we're all outside smoking. It's a big group of people, and all of a sudden, Dave Chappelle rolls up. So we're like, oh, shit, Dave Chappelle's here. Now, my buddy didn't give a shit. He did not care uh, for whatever reason. I grew up watching and listening to Dave Chappelle, so he had a pretty big impact on me. So Mm -hmm. I am quite a fan of Dave Chappelle. Like, I I am a fan of him. Uh, He made me very interested in comedy. However, in this instance, Dave Chappelle comes to this show. And, and I, people were trying to get pictures with him and try and talk to him and, and shit like that. So we kind of like go back in. We don't really pay much. Never mind. I would have loved to have talked to him. 
Uh, I don't think I would have had inter- anything interesting to say. Yeah, what could you tell Dave Chappelle that's like, oh, that's good. I'll have to use that. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I would have had one interesting thing to to say to Dave Chappelle. I would have said, hey, man, your movie Block Party, the part where everybody talks about you learning that one Thelonious Monk song actually got me into jazz. You're the reason I listen to jazz. Hmm, okay. Dave, cool. Dave Chappelle is the reason I listen to jazz. Interesting. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, he might enjoy hearing that from you. So I think so. He wouldn't have <laughs> understood why, maybe. I right, mean, I would, right. I guess if that sparked his interest, we could have had a conversation then. But yeah. he would be like, what's <laughs> what's this fucking, d- what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think it would have computed with him. But anyways, yeah, so yeah. later we come out, and they were actually playing the music from the show out through the speakers onto the patio. So if you were out there smoking, you could actually sit there and listen to the band set, which was a really cool idea. So I go out there because uh, the, it wasn't the main band we were there to see. It was just another band. I was like, well, I'm going to smoke. I'm going to sit outside, drink a beer, just be away from everybody. So I do that. And then when I, when I do that, uh, Dave Chappelle's still out there. He never came inside, <laughs> mind you. Never fucking came inside. Just to the place. chilling on the patio. Chilling on the patio. I go outside. Not only is Dave Chappelle out there with a with a small crowd, he has a fucking boombox. Okay. Not only does he have a boombox, he has a fucking like ghetto blaster boombox. <laughs> like this thing is ginormous, and he is bumping at full volume, mind you, to where I can't hear my own thoughts. The Fugees killing me softly. <laughs> <laughs> not only not only is he doing that it's on fucking repeat so it's the only song that i hear coming out of this fucking thing uh, that's the most dave Chappelle move i've ever heard and i'm just like bro you came to a live show with a boombox with a ghetto blaster and then yep, you're only yep. gonna play like one song on repeat <laughs> At a live show, like I was like, "Fuck!" I love it. Just the balls it takes to like be at a show, and also like just to be- force everyone else to listen to your loud ass music, and then, and then to top it all off, to be the Fugees, like, yes. Well, and it's just like I mean, and he does. He fucking loves the Fugees, and he, he does. Should. And they're yeah, I definitely don't blame him. Yeah, he has every right to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know but like i think just what killed me is that when i would tell that story to people who in my area who have bumped into dave Chappelle, they're all kind of like yeah no he like did something almost identical at a party i was at and i'm just like well what the fuck and i didn't like him for a long time because of that because it left a bad taste in my mouth but then i realized Mm -hmm. if i was dave Chappelle famous i would do that at like a bank I would walk in, right. you know, just blaring the most like insidious bullshit music I could think of, like, like, and you know, maybe there's a part of him is like, I don't know, these all these white people probably haven't heard of the Fugees, but it's like, nah, man, like we all grew up in the '90s, like we all, <laughs> yeah, right. we all know what you're talking about, but no, like I would do the, I would do the same fucking thing. I would just be like, yeah. like y'all ever hear a hate beak? <laughs> it's a metal band with a parrot as a lead singer. And you can look that up. Hey, Beak is a real band. Um, that's very true. I've turned a lot of people onto it. Yeah. And they're <laughs> well, actually, not really. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually incredible. I've, so, like, would I bring a boombox at full blast and Blair Hate Beak? Probably. 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 Yeah. You know what I would? You know what I would blast? I would blast. I would blast Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is that one? I get knocked down, down oh, okay. but I get oh, yeah. their only song. <laughs> yeah, right. Their only song. Um, they, they only have one. I would actually blare uh, Paul Blart 2 synced up with <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> Ooh, that's meta. <laughs> just, just, that's awesome. Just carry around a fucking movie screen with me. Jeez, dude. He's, he's committed to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's um, not a joke, man. Also... <laughs> All right, so Dave Chappelle, fucking phenomenal story. The only time I've ever, like, met someone famous and talked to them was because I was in the context of, like, I've met, like, Kyle Kinane, but, like, that's because I paid to go to his comedy show, and he's one of my favorite, like, comedians. Um, And then also we went to... um the comic con in cincinnati a few years back and i met uh, henry winkler um and that was super cool but also like they paid him a lot of money to come meet people so it's not like a random out in the wild sighting i saw the fonz it was like no i paid to 
to to to take my picture with him <laughs> no i mean that's fair i mean you got so. to meet meet him i mean like i mm-hmm. i really haven't had that that pleasure of actually like talking to someone i i really like i do kind of regret the dave Chappelle thing because i kind of wish i just would have been like oh hey by the way man like you're actually the reason i listen to jazz which i think would have sparked his interest to be like why me Right, yeah, and no, that's, like, oh, I that's something. That's at least that's that's something interesting to say to him. Whereas most people would be like, "Hey, I really liked you in uh, yeah. uh, Half Baked or whatever." Yeah. It was like everybody, you know, says that. Like, it's like you don't want to, you know, bug him like with that. Hey, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna talk to him just to talk to him, have something to say, and also like give him the out of like, "Hey, I just wanted to say I liked you or in this. You did this and this and this, and then that's all. Have a good night." Like, yeah. <laughs> don't well, don't like, expect a conversation. A lot of the people that know him in that area too, like, kind of respect that. So they like somebody yeah. tried to take a picture of him, and he was just like, Whoa. "Like, uh-huh. we ain't doing that right now." Like, so, yeah, good, good. You know, because that's he wants to go hang out in that town. There's a reason he lives in that area, right? Which I do respect. I do respect, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's hard when you're famous and people pay attention to you. So I kind of like give him an out more as an adult because I'm like, dude, if I was famous, I would do. I knew I would be on TMZ every other day because I would just not give a shit. So, I mean, to actually have a family and like care about at least somewhat care about the way people perceive you, that's a lot of pressure. Right. So, yeah. yeah. All righty, Mitch. Uh, mine are what inspires you? Um, I would say probably the first thing is just like the people in my life uh, and uh, drive them the bulk of the inspiration, Um, you know, just about, well, I guess if you're, if we're talking about specifically songwriting, like most of the songs I have written are either love songs or songs about how love sucks. So, um, okay, well, let me, I mean, it's lightning around, but let me get off on something a little bit. mm -hmm. So you said you, and you're right, you do have a tendency to write like love songs are about how much love sucks. So my question is, as somebody who has been with, who who is married and then been with the person that they've been married to for a pretty <laughs> respectable amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- where does the love sucks part come from? Is that just like you thinking about like a worst case scenario or wh- what is that? No, that's kind of an interesting point. Um, so I have, I've, my love life has been very boring in the past. Um, I had one, literally one girlfriend before I met, before I started dating my wife. And it wasn't even like a bad breakup or anything. It was like high school. And then I met, you know, I started dating my wife when I was like 19. And then we got married like five years later. Yeah. So the, uh, um, so it's, it's kind of funny that a lot of the songs that I like to write are about, um, you know, heartbreak, self doubt and love kind of like tearing you apart. But it's, it's almost kind of like this character that I've kind of like made up. Like I have to literally find a place. It's not even in myself because I, I don't have those experiences, but I just, um, the style, the style of music that I write just lends really well to songs about heartbreak. So I kind of have to get myself in that mindset. Whereas like, okay, how would I feel if this were to happen to me? Most of the stuff I write isn't true. It's not stuff that didn't happen to me. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that like it means any less or I don't mean it. Um, Cause songs can mean anything you want them to mean. Right. Um, Interpretation. So yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's like super interesting that you talked about it being a character, because um, that just adds like a new level to stuff. Like you having to get in that that that. What hurts your feeling? So whether it be a person, it doesn't have to be like when people hurt your feelings, but like what like what hurt. Um, there are parts of me that I'm kind of like self conscious about. So like for when, for example, when I show someone a song that I'm like really kind of excited about and I like it's something that I've like thrown my whole you know heart and soul into and I show them show that to them and you know they're just like yeah okay like (laughs) that kind of hurts my feelings because it's like dude I just I bared my soul to you um so that's one thing and uh I also another thing that just kind of popped up too is just like when um I have the I I am kind of like, I have kind of like an outgoing personality kind right. of thing so um I like to I like to hang out with people and uh 
I, I, I'm definitely guilty of that, like fear of missing out thing. Whereas if I, if I see, like, if I'm on Facebook or whatever, and I see a couple of my friends hanging out doing something, it'll be like, part of me, I'll be like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> why, why aren't I doing that? Like, right. Okay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not doing anything. So that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good one because I definitely identify with that. No, I'm that way too. I, I kind of have that thing too, where I, where I get really bummed out if I feel like everyone else around me is like going out and having a life and having fun. And I'm just like sitting there at home staring at my TV and I'm just like, right. Oh. Yeah. There's just something so like, yeah. Why didn't anybody depressing about me? it? Yeah. No, that's fair. I was curious about that. Cause it takes, it, it takes a lot to get you down. You're, you're not a down guy. You, you rebound pretty quick off like hardship. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's fair. For the most part, I'm pretty easy going. Not a lot of people are on my shit list. I, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but there are a few. There's a couple, <laughs> couple. Okay. Uh, do you want to get to drinking? I think so. I think so. The beer I have this week is uh, pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. It's actually by uh, Hop River Brewing Company, which is a Fort Wayne, Indiana local beer. Oh, so, that's um, exciting. Yeah, they. Yeah, Fort Wayne has a few breweries now, and they're start, kind of starting to release a few. And uh, this one is called Lasers in the Jungle, and it's a pretty cool purple can. It's got like a little tiger-looking thing on it. It's an IPA, and uh, it says, uh, A modern India pale ale brewed with two new-school American bread hops, mosaic and citra. Uh, bitterness is overall low while the aroma is complex and tropical. So I think that sounds phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I got that poured. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to, yeah, I got to wait for the head to go down a little bit. So you want to, you want to get into some of yours hop in here. So it's, it's the Breckenridge brewery, uh, fine Colorado ale. So it's Colorado beer. Uh, which okay. means it has weed in it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Obviously. That's a given. Uh, it is their vanilla porter. Does it have a cool name? No. Does it oh, have a cool man. label? No. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Uh, I, you know, here's the fun thing is because the way I work, I drink this beer like, I don't know, like a week ago. I don't remember what it tastes like. Well, good. So here we go. Good. Well, I'll be surprised then. Ooh. Oh, I don't know if they went too heavy or too light on the vanilla. <laughs> so the weird comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> dude, we're so bad at reviewing beers. Yeah. Like just That was a fucking weird thing to say. <laughs> Alright, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh it tastes uh wet. You know what? So mine is actually phenomenal. Fan fucking tastic. Of course it is. <laughs> Thank you, Hop River Brewing Company. I will definitely be back. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, it's cool you got one. Uh I do have a yeah, I should I should do that more because I have a couple I got like three or four breweries like in a fifteen minute drive away from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I should are there any like big ones around you? Yeah, I got I got warped wing. Okay. Uh I got a The Yellow Springs Brewery actually is not you know as big as like Warped Wing or Rheingeist, but I mean it's pretty popular like yeah. their, their beers go quite a while in Ohio, so Yeah, I we went there and, a while back and it was an awesome place. They had really good beers too, so I'm oh, a fan. When did you go? Yeah. Um that one weekend we came up to visit you guys and you we invited you but you guys bailed for some reason on that part of the trip so we just did it by ourselves. <laughs> uh, I don't remember why but I think you know I think it was we it was like our last day there and we were headed back up and we invited you guys to go there and you guys had something going on and then it probably would have made more sense for us to just leave straight back from there. So I think it just worked out better that we didn't, you know, that you didn't go. Here's the, here's the only thing I want to say. The label, the the symbol for the Brackenridge Brewery is really cool. It's a double B lightning bolt yeah, thing. They have a I cool really like logo. it. Yeah. Uh this beer isn't bad. Uh just vanilla is a weird thing to put with alcohol, I feel. Yeah. I don't think I like 
the flavor profile of vanilla kind of kind of reminds me of cleaner hmm yeah that's not a good that's not a good flavor to have yeah so i mean it's not bad but i like dark beers and as you could tell mitch uh that is is pitch black that is i would not drink that that is undrinkable Uh. (laughs) that's so weird you're like give me the highest driest ipa you can find but then you're like stout porter nope won't do it and that's so weird to me because i love those it is ironic because i think a lot of either i think a lot of porters i think are coffee based and i Mm. love black coffee but i cannot stand porters or stouts anything that's like too dark i I don't know why yeah yeah i don't know that's weird that's interesting because i'm just the opposite where i love the porters and stouts I I really just can't vibe on most IPAs. I mean, there's plenty that I like. There's honestly quite a few that I will tolerate. However, just I'm not going to order a random one because nine times out of ten, I get that dry, just fucking desert taste mm-hmm. in my mouth, and I just can't do it. So it's just it's just an odd thing with beer. I mean, I mean that's why we include it. It's interesting. It's never the same for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, uh, no, it's I, it's an acquired taste for sure. So maybe if you keep drinking, maybe you keep uh, praying hard, then one day you'll be able to enjoy. <laughs> if God loves you enough, you will like IPAs. <laughs> uh, pray hard to the beer gods. <laughs> pray hard to the beer gods. <laughs> one day um, you'll be able to bask in this glory that is India Pale Ales. I guess, man. I the uh, now I, I'm going to ask you what you're thinking. Uh, you really, uh, so last episode, um, was, I, I had a blast. Uh, we, we did a, uh, we did a little personality test about, um, the, uh, Harry Potter. Uh, you asked me which, which oh, God, we, I... yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that was the last episode we released. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, oh shit, we did do that. Oh shit. Oh man, yeah, that was so, a good idea. Yeah. We figured out what Hogwarts house I was in, which is a yeah. Hufflepuff. So that was yeah, awesome. Hufflepuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and it kind of got me thinking. That uh, I want to do kind of the same kind of format this week, but I uh, uh, so I wanted to kind of cater it a little bit more towards you, um, Eli. I know that you are a huge grunge fan. Oh shit! I, I said, am. I said fan. <laughs> I know that you are a huge grunge fan. You're a huge grunge flan. <laughs> flan, flan. Um, yeah. So. Tell me, um, so first off, like, why do you, why are you so into grunge? Or is there any like, do you have a favorite grunge band? Uh, having a favorite grunge band is hard because, like, I'm definitely a fan of the Big Four and grunge, which uh, tends to be Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Big Four of grunge. Uh, no, my weirdly enough, my parents listen to Soundgarden and Pearl Jam a lot. And I think there was something about that music just being related to punk, related to metal, and also being very honest and sincere in a lot of its music. You know, mm-hmm. they have a bunch of acoustic, uh, acoustic songs, too. So it was something about just the honesty, the sincerity, the loud, rompous rock aspect of it. I just kind of I, I just kind of grew up on that. When I got a little bit older, I got into bands like Nirvana, and then I even got into like the more, more even grungier stuff that has less commercial appeal, like um, like Mud Honey, The Melvins, mm-hmm. Mother Love Bone, um, you know, a lot of stuff like that. So then I then I just kind of like I I feel found a home because I think it was described by a. Uh, Danny Clinch, who has done a lot of documentaries, who also plays the harmonica, but he did uh, quite a few documentaries, quite a few movies, and he kind of described like the Seattle grunge scene as like it was a bunch of people where it rained all the time, so they stayed inside and listened to music. Hmm. And not only did they listen to music, they listened to everything. Yeah. So I I view grunge as this weird culmination if you grew up listening to the Beatles and the Ramones and Black Sabbath and Soul and all this shit, grunge is what comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I like it. 
I mean, it, it, it tends to be what I gravitate towards the most. Okay. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Um, no, one of the reasons I think I am so drawn to it is because, like you said, um, it's a culmination of a bunch of different things, but also when I listen to it, and if you kind of look back at the history of it a little bit, grunge is, like, hot on the tails of, like, glam rock and, uh, you know, you know, metal, like Metallica was all the rage. And then shortly, shortly after that, these, you know, ran regular-ass dudes just showed up in their long hair and flannel and said, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to put hairspray in our hairs. We don't need to, you know, wear sparkles. We're just going to play these songs and scream about it. And and to me, that was like, to me, it's way more honest and real. And it's, and and also to a certain point, it wasn't so much anymore about like the technicality of it, which is like, to me as a young, you know, musician hearing that when I was a teenager, I was like, holy fuck, I think they're just doing like bar chords. I think I can play that. So it got me to like really dive into music. Cause like that, this is attainable for me now. Whereas listening to Van Halen, it was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but it's a little over my head. Cause like, I can't even comprehend what he's doing. Whereas as like I saw bands like well like Alice in Chains being like I think I could probably write songs like that I mean I don't know not no that, you know and not yeah, to toot my own horn right no totally like I think that's the perfect example because it was a complete and utter rejection of that glam style and the like kind of more thrash speed metal that was popular because of like Metallica and Megadeth and bands like that. So it mm-hmm. was, it was a complete rejection of that. It was like, we're going to talk about how we feel. There's no like machismo masculinity to much of this. And, um, I, I guess in parts there were, but it, it was a rejection of what came before it. And I think, which is even why after grunge, there was a rejection after grunge of, boy bands being a thing and right. Hanson being a thing and all that. <laughs> you shut the so, fuck up about Hanson. <laughs> right. So there was this weird even rejection after that, but I think there was a there was a point in time I think when grunge was at its height where I think the mainstream people that listen to music were valuing sincerity mm-hmm. in music. And yeah. I think that's it's hard to explain that to people. People don't always understand because you're right. Because a lot of people hear like Mud Honey and they're like, "This sounds like shit." <laughs> it's like, well, mm. yeah, it does, but yeah, but in context, you have to kind of take that into you know into account. So there, yeah, there's a reason there's no bass to this track. Right. <laughs> like, there's it's all treble, but also you and your buddies can play this song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know. So, um, yeah, cool. So the reason I brought it up, so we uh, last week we uh, we figured out which uh, which Hogwarts house I was in, and this week we are going to figure out which grunge band you are going to be in, Eli. So I have I'm a few excited. questions for you. So what is there? Do you have a? Do, what do you first off? What do you want the answer to be? Oh man, that's rough. I don't know. I know a lot of the smaller grunge bands. Like I'm a big fan of like bands like Paul, Seven Year Bitch, Screaming Trees. Like, you know, those are eleven. Those are a lot of the really small mm-hmm. grunge bands. But like, were you know just as important. They were just on a smaller scale. So, right. Tr- yeah, like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm like nerding out because I'm like I don't know what grunge band would I be. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, man. Just I I don't know. Just so you know, I don't know what website this is from. So half the bands you just mentioned probably won't even be an option. That's all. <laughs> so uh, we'll that's see. pretty underground shit. Uh, all right. So question one. Congrats, Sub Pop Records wants to record an album. How are you going to produce it? A. Hire the best production team in the business. B. Hire our friends to record it for us. C. Do whatever our manager says will sell the most records. Or D. Record our raw sound without any help. Uh, I like B. I like bringing my bringing our friends in. Okay, good answer. Because I literally do that now, <laughs> so that <laughs> true, would be a, true. That yeah, exactly what I do. Question two: How often do you wear flannel? <laughs> a every day. B only for shows. C I wear what's fashionable. Or D I don't. I'm not a lumberjack. Wow. Well, it's definitely not D. <laughs> Right? Um, Who do they think they are? Is there one that says as, as often as possible? <laughs> as often as possible. I mean, it's either every day or I wear what's fashionable. Maybe I'm. I'd go with that. 
I dude, I say I say every day. You think every day? Okay. Because at one point I did. Okay. <laughs> no, I absolutely believe that. Um, okay. If the if the media had to choose one word to describe your sound, what would it be? <laughs> Sludgy. <laughs> Tense. Melancholy. Explosive or catchy. I'm gonna go with sludgy because sludgy. that because I I actually love sludge metal. I know you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you fucking do. Dude, right. Shut up about it. Like, I don't need to hear it again. Uh, but okay. Yeah, sludgy. Good, good, good answer. Question four. It's raining again. Ugh. <laughs> what are you and the band going to do inside all day? A. Write songs. Stay productive. B, write a political manifesto. C, Uh, C, Timothy McVeigh wasn't a grunge (laughs) band. Thank you. Uh, C, drink beer and watch TV. Or D, call over some friends and throw a party. Oh, that's rough. I'm between the writing songs and partying. Mm, Okay, okay. I I would say writing because if it's raining, I'm like, yeah, dude, let's get together, let's get the acousticus out, <laughs> the acousticus, and let's let's wow. fucking. This let's... podcast sucks now. That's because of you. <laughs> you ruined everything. You called we it built. the acousticus. <laughs> all right. Uh, so all probably right. that. Okay. Good answer. Uh, Okay, so question five. The press wants to interview you after a killer set. Are you going to brush them off? A, I don't like the media. B, I have a party to get to. C, I love talking about myself. Or D, I'll do whatever pleases my fans. Probably A, but here's the problem. I already know where this is going (laughs) because I know grunge so well. So I'm going to say it right here. My guess is I'm going to get Pearl Jam. Okay, okay. But, I, but I'm going to say first. A. Let's find out. All right, next question. Where are you and the band going out to after the show? A, to get some grub at a local diner. B, general crosstown debauchery. C, I'm tired, I'm going home. Or D, another concert. There's too much good music out there right now. No, I'm I'm going home, bro. <laughs> going home. Me too. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> right I'm there like, with you. Yeah. I'm, That's why we work as a band. <laughs> exactly. I am going home. I am tired. Just... And everything will be there for me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. After a show, the only thing I want to do is just uh, go home and do a line and call up a hooker, really, like in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> yep. Actually, that's <laughs> pretty accurate. <laughs> All right. Next question. Who is your biggest musical influence of these five? Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, The Pixies, Blue Cheer, or Neil Young? Fuck, that's hard. (laughs) Right? That's a good one. That's the hardest question you ask because, okay, I don't know who Blue Cheer is. I don't know either. I I was hoping you would. No, that makes me feel like a little bit of a pleb. But, uh... (laughs) Man, Led Zeppelin was Led Zeppelin. I mean, Bonham is pretty much the way I play drums, but Black Sabbath is Black Sabbath, man. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Satan. (laughs) Satanus. Satanus. (laughs) Dude, I was thinking it. Um, (laughs) But the Neil Young is a really big influence on me. So I did an art project of Neil Young uh, in high school, and it was because we were supposed to, we were supposed to paint someone we looked up to. Okay, and it cool. could it could be an abstract, and um, so we were doing like abstract paintings based on someone we really look up to. Uh, well, I uh, read an I was just like I don't know who to do, so like I read an article in this magazine. I think it was Rolling Stone. Even it was just this random article where it talked about Neil Young and what he was doing currently. So that dude had a fucking brain aneurysm, had to go have surgery, thought he was gonna die, hmm. uh, and survived all that, and then came out with a new album uh, after it. And I just I think the thing I love about Neil Young is Neil Young would play stadiums and then on his next album would play like bars 
Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So he always did what he wanted musically. So Neil Young is, and actually the painting I did got entered in a contest and won. Hmm. Good job. Yeah, I don't have it anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, See, but what happened to it? I don't know. I think my art teacher stole it. Um, Fuck. But yeah, no. I I I think Black Sabbath would be the better answer because like. I've listened to more Sabbath, and I also like Sabbath when they had Dio. Okay, yeah. Dio. So I, yeah. I think Sabbath would be the better answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Last question. How do you deal with the stress of living in the limelight? I don't. I'm fr- very fragile. B, I take it easy, relax, enjoy my time. Life's great. C, I vent my frustrations with the government. D, I let loose and party hard. Mm. I think if you asked me five years ago, it would be D. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think it's B. B, take it easy, relax, enjoy your time, life's great. Yep, life's been good to me so far. I'm going <laughs> to quote Joe Walsh, the only good <laughs> eagle. Um, you take that back. What? That Joe Walsh is the only good eagle? <laughs> yeah, I will uh, fight you, dude. Who's <laughs> the I'll... other good eagle? <laughs> uh, Glenn Frey, rest in power. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, the fact that you knew another eagle to even <laughs> Dude, reference. I know, like, all the... I mean, I know, like, three of the eagles. There's also uh, Don Henley. How do you not know Don Henley? Oh, dude. <laughs> Fuck Don Henley. That's dude, how I know I... Don Henley. Dude, I love the eagles. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Fuck <laughs> off. Here we go. Right. Okay, Strap guys, in, we're breaking folks. up. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been All fun. Right. This podcast is over. <laughs> Fuck Mitch. He likes the Eagles way too much. <laughs> yeah, because I know three of their names. <laughs> Dude, Don right. fucking Henley. That's actually a lot. That's a majority. Fuck Don Henley. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> this episode is called Fuck Don Henley. <laughs> yeah, fuck Don Henley. <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, okay, so are you ready to All find right. your uh, your answer? I'm ready. I'm excited. You are Soundgarden. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, here's why. Okay. Brooding. So it says, uh, brooding, heavy, and cathartic. You are an explosion of raw talent and fire. You are the complete package bridging the 70s to the 90s seamlessly. In some ways, you are the ultimate grunge band. Yeah, that's gonna it, break man. my rusty cage. Like good answer. I'm. I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'd be pleased with that. And run. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Rusty Cage, listen to Rusty Cage by Soundgarden because here's why. Because the first whole part of the song, completely one tempo. Soundgarden was famous for it. They're gonna take that same riff. At the end of the song, they're going to slow it down, like, it completely, like, instead of going halftime, they slow it down by halftime. Hmm. So the riff becomes twice as long. And it's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. No. I, dude, I'll totally take Soundgarden. That, actually makes, that <laughs> makes me very jazzed. <laughs> well, I am jazzed for you. I'm jazzed that you're jazzed. And uh, so I'm just jazzed. I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to be a part of this. You're getting Soundgarden. Dude, sound, dude, Chris Cornell alone was such a big influence on me, so I, I'll absolutely take that. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, you could have done, could have done a lot worse. Yeah, I could have, I could have. I would, I would be very curious as to who the other bands were, because I think you're right. I, I would imagine out of like the probably twenty that they could have done, there's probably like eight. Yeah. Um. So I th- that's kind of what I was thinking because when I I'll, I'll get right before the podcast I took the same test and I actually got Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, Stone. Oh, I forgot about STP, man. Yep. Yep. STP. We're you know me. The dogs that find her. <laughs> right, 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 right away for my road. <laughs> they also did a. Have you ever? Have you listened to Sex Type thing though? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because that's the one where it's like, you know, it's like, uh, I won't, I, uh, okay, never mind. Oh, I feel like I've heard it. So, 
so <laughs> all the listeners ears there that was me doing the guitar riff from sex type thing. <laughs> so me and my best friend if you ask us to there is uh sound guard or fuck stone temple pilots on their first album has a song called wicked garden and if you ask us to we could together in unison do the intro drum beat to that song like completely in unison do it now well it's like uh <laughs> yeah because it's just like <laughs> i don't even know how i would do that like could crash could crash could crash do 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 could crash could crash could crash triple it triple it triple it could crash could crash could crash could crash could crash Bad amp, no amp. You gotta edit all this. <laughs> There's no way this. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it all in, and I'm saving it for sound bites for later because yeah. that is phenomenal. I like, I like the <laughs> do crash, do crash, do crash, triple it, triple it, yeah. <laughs> triple it, triple it, triple. Crash, crash. No, I. Oh shit. Yeah, no, Stone Temple, dude. That's weird. That's like weirdly accurate. I think you would be Stone Temple Pilots because you. Kind of have a kind of have an STP vibe where like you can write really pretty songs that are kind of like foreboding and not not super happy, but they mm-hmm. sound happy. But I thought I I was kind of interested about that because I had a lot of the same answers as you were and weren't. Correct me if I'm wrong. Stone Temple Pilots also kind of like assholes to not great people, kind of partiers. Because isn't wait isn't Scott Stapp? Wasn't he in Son of a Pilots? Or am I thinking of Creed? You're thinking of Creed. What am I? No. All right. I'm going to edit this out. I don't want to sound that dumb. <laughs> Who's the guy from Son of a Pilots? The, like, he went off the rails. Uh, Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland. I knew it was a Scott. Yeah. You you were right with the yeah. Scott. Yeah. No, Scott Weiland, yes. They'd, yeah, they were a little. Well, I think Scott Weiland really was the partier. Um, mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots were the grunge band who really kind of like did a lot more alternatively where as like like they were writing they were writing hits but also mm-hmm. writing very like dark honest music so like uh, stp has a pretty important part they were a little bit later too they weren't mm-hmm. they didn't break as big with all the other grunge bands right okay yeah that's fair so we are doing so i think we've done <laughs> we've done it like twice now so we are doing what we would like, what I would like to trademark as save intermissions. <laughs> so we're gonna take a break, save, make sure we don't lose an entire episode. No, nope. come back and f- yeah, finish it out. No, we learned that the hard way. People save early and saved often. Yeah, uh, Microsoft Office Clippy, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> he was very correct. Uh, I got a little bit drunk between these last two segments so now i'm a little bit worried you know I was, i'm a little buzzed i wasn't gonna yeah i wasn't gonna uh broadcast it but since you did we <laughs> me and eli just took like a 45 minute break <laughs> we so, just talked about nothing for, for, for like and, an hour yeah uh, and that's the stuff we didn't record so man i god bless you guys why are you still here you're listening this is an going on an hour now and then me and eli just bullshitted for about 45 minutes so Oh, yeah. we have fun. We have fun. We, we do. We do always have fun. <laughs> All right. We did what you're thinking. Figured out I'm Soundgarden. Mitch, here's what I want to know. <laughs> Are you ever, like, mildly drunk and then you kind of feel like you sound super drunk? <laughs> Listen here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just like another thing. Like, you can't <laughs> tell if you sound that drunk or if you just are. Uh, what you've been cranking, Mitch? What what's been going on in that world of yours? I'm glad you asked. I have been cranking. Uh, I've been cranking a lot of uh. So, Cage the Elephant actually has a new album uh that just came out not too long ago called Social Cues, and it's really good. I've always been a big fan of uh, Cage the Elephant back from uh you know probably I mean early on they're just real. Phenomenal, fun garage, uh, uh, you know, psych rock. I, I saw them. Uh, I, I saw them at Bunbury Festival a few years ago, and they just put on such a phenomenal live show. Their uh, their their energy was just 
so so amazing and it really made me appreciate them on a whole new level um and i do like that their albums are they're kind of like all over the place they'll have like you know some of their earlier stuff is just straight you know blues rock fun and then and then they get like really weird and you know garage noisy and uh but whatever it is i'm i'm usually a, a fan so um and also shout out to uh, my my buddy Tanner, listener of the podcast, and, and also much bigger KG Elephant fan than I am, who is kind of keeping me uh, keeping me up with them. So uh, he's he loves them. I do too. So I'm super excited to talk with him about this <laughs> this new album. Yeah, like I I had um I think when we started talking about that whole thing, like where I you know I had been listening to. Pink Floyd's entire catalog and like you did that with like Fleetwood Mac like I think like actually weirdly enough like the 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 band after Pink Floyd that I was like oh I should do that is KG Elephant oh, because cool. they have so many albums that I've only heard so many songs off of because mm-hmm. they fucking release albums like their magazines <laughs> right <laughs> fucking crank that shit out but no I yeah like that is the really cool part about it well and that's the cool part about KG Elephant is that they are like they came out with two albums back to back and they have a similar sound. They evolved it to a point, but then after that, then definitely like they always try to do something different with a new mm-hmm. album. And I think that's a hard thing to do as a band because you really have to challenge yourself when you go in to, you know, write a song or record it. You gotta do something different. So for KJ Elephant to have as many albums that they have out now and basically after the first two to have a completely different sound on every album uh it's not easy so i think that the thing is is like that's what i've always really liked about them and i think i super respect that and i think i think cage the elephant at some point will be a really important band yeah. I think it's going to take a while, but I think at some point we'll look like everyone will kind of collectively look back and I'm like, oh, you remember KG Elephant who wrote like, you know, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked <laughs> and like, you know, in one ear and out the other. And mm-hmm. then like, uh, you know, fucking uh, their second album even had like had pretty, pretty big hits. I don't remember the song titles. But, like, we're going to look bad on that, and they're going to be like, oh, they just came out with an album, like, two years ago, and it was, like, really big. So, like, I think as rock music goes, I think KG Elephant is surprisingly important. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, I, I definitely think you're right there. Yeah, no, for sure. That makes sense. Um, and, yeah, no, like, yeah, like I said, like, I, I just love how, like, you know, their their albums take on kind of like a uh, – it's almost kind of like a uh, um, a uh, concept, if you will, like – each album it, it's never like I, I never know what to expect like i went into the social cues album like you know kind of with my kg elephant frame of reference and it, it wasn't you know as it, it's definitely not what i expected um and I, I and i can definitely say that for just about all their albums yeah it has its own reference point and i think that that like i mean like i said i think that's a really hard thing for a band to do uh which is really cool and they were really only they really only hit that like that fame peak with Ain't No Rest for the Wicked and that mm-hmm. was on their fucking first album and then they kind of I don't know they just they kept doing it and they and they keep kind of living in this I, I don't know like he, they're such an interesting modern band mm-hmm. that it makes me really interested because at this point they're kind of they've been around for a while mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like if they continue to do what they're doing 15 years from now, they could be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. Like, I guess that's the interesting part about them. It's like, I don't know. They, I, I think you're right. I think they just, they, they never cease to amaze like how much they'll like, Hey, this is kind of what you know us to be like, Hey, we're going to come out with a new album. Hey, all of a sudden like, Oh, we're going to have like fucking like doo-wop parts to these songs mm-hmm. or we're going to yeah, do yeah. this. And I don't know. I think that's, I think that's impressive. I think that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Eli, <laughs> what you been cranking? Well, I don't even remember what I was going to talk about at this point, but I'll tell you what we did this. Uh, we did this little test, and guess what I got? 
fucking Soundgarden. So guess what I'm talking about? Talk Soundgarden. We're talking about Soundgarden. Talk and not only are we talking about Sound Soundgarden, we're talking about my favorite, my favorite Soundgarden album. All right. Any guesses, Mitch? What's my favorite Soundgarden album? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> I'd be surprised if you knew too many other too many of them. Um, I want to talk about Bad Motor Finger. I definitely wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely not my answer. Okay. Uh, we're talking about Bad Motor Finger, which is my favorite Soundgarden album, and here's why: because they did Bad Motor Finger right before they did Super Unknown. So Super Unknown had uh, Fell on Black Days, Black Spoon Hole Man? Sun, Spoon Man, mm-hmm. and had all their like really big hits you still hear today. But right before that, they did Bad Motor Finger. So Bad Motor Finger has songs like Rusty Cage, Jesus Christ oh, yeah, Pose, yeah, okay. Slaves and Bulldozers, um, Searching With My Good Eye Closed, um, Room a Thousand Years Wide. So basically, uh, for this podcast, I've been listening to music the whole time while we did this. So I actually, as soon as I got Soundgarden, I put on Soundgarden, put on this album. The reason I want to talk about it is because... If you don't know a lot about grunge, you don't know a lot about Soundgarden, I think Bad Motor Finger is a really good place to start because if you start Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger, you, you start that album at the start with, with Rusty Cage and you and you play that album, it's basically going to tell you whether or not you like grunge. Mm-hmm. So if you get like five songs deep and you're, and you're not feeling it, or even four or three songs deep <laughs> and you're just like, I'm done with this, uh, then okay, you probably don't like grunge, but if you start Bad Motor Finger and you and you listen to it and you keep listening and listening and listening, then you like grunge. Mm-hmm. So here's like kind of like your entrance into that. Here's your entrance exam into <laughs> grunge. But I love Bad Motor Finger because it does something that Nirvana did before Nirvana was as popular, which is it combines with the dark heaviness of grunge with the melodic uh, powerfulness of grunge. So, you know, I, th- I think right out of the great R- rusty cage is like this amazing bombastic grunge riff with these soaring Chris Cornell vocal melodies on top. And like I said, at a certain part, they're, they're going to stop and it's going to fucking be a, slower doomier riff i mean i i I don't know it's just that it's the parts of grunge i like which is it takes all these different parts of music and combine them which Mm -hmm. is like melody heaviness uh lightness dynamic changes like it it combines all that uh which is why i love soundgarden and i think bad motor finger is the best example of that um i was even going to get the album cover like tattooed on me somewhere That'd be pretty dope. That's yeah. a cool album cover. Yeah, it's it's that fucking buzzsaw thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> rad. Like I, I don't know. It's just it is a it is a pinnacle of grunge. So <laughs> uh, since I got that, I felt the need to talk about Soundgarden. But yeah, it, it, Bad Motor Finger is definitely a good forte in the grunge of like, hey, here's grunge that is accessible but still not completely accessible. So, like, here's kind of your way to figure out if you really like grunge or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's uh, super cool. Yeah, I challenge all the listeners to go listen to Bad Motor Finger and see what you think about grunge. <laughs> and here, and I'll flip it's... this in real quick because this song just came on. They have a song called Drawing Flies, uh, which is 100% about death. Also, mm-hmm. has saxophones on it. Okay. I don't know many grunge bands that have saxophones in their songs. <laughs> not a lot. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, like... It, yeah, no. Chris Cornell and Soundgarden did did some amazing shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Good shit. Yeah. Bad Motor Finger. Yeah. No. Nah, absolutely. No. Check it out. Great. Great stuff. It's all about. There we go. All right, Mitch. We did an episode. We lost it. We did another episode. <laughs> rest um, in peace. Rest. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, do we got anything? Uh, that we want to leave the listeners with. Ah oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I got well. nothing. What do you got? Yeah, no, I got one. Music is so much more than your sense of entitlement. If you listen to a band and you think they should be popular, just because other people don't doesn't listen to it doesn't mean 
it's not good or vice versa. Okay. <laughs> maybe okay. it could be maybe it could be catchier. So like <laughs> Yeah. Um figure right. out uh yeah, that doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but I think <laughs> that doesn't roll off the tongue. So like if you like Chris Stapleton, listen to Chris Stapleton and fuck anybody who doesn't like him. If you listen to only the Pixies' first album and nothing else, <laughs> and you think that's the only Pixies' album people should listen to, then okay, and fuck everybody else. But you don't have to be an asshole about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel. I'll take it. I'll take it one step further. If you listen to Greta Van Fleet, then fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> then fuck you. Then get out. <laughs> they disrespect Bonham with every lick. <laughs> they right? shit on. Uh, they shit on fucking Robert Plant's grave. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs>